What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears, pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hey, L. Double G here from the Fight Game Media Network. What you're going to hear on this show is a show that Scott Edwards does for us on the Patreon. And it's kind of our doubling down on Joshi and and stardom content. I don't know how big it, it can really get in the United States, but I do know that there are elements to it that I, that I think uh, American fans are, are really going to be interested in. And also, you know, podcasts are international. Like, there's no reason why, you know, somebody overseas can't hear this. And so I, I think I think Joshi Wrestling is really cool. Um, when I brought Parker uh, Klein over early, very early in the, in the days of the Fight Game Media Network Plus, the Patreon, uh, he's like, hey, what you know? What about Joshi? I was like, you know, it sounds great. Like you, you do a great job. And he's the one who brought Scott over to help him. And then when Parker's real life job as a as a teacher got a little bit busier, and he knew he couldn't do the weekly commitment, Scott was sort of ready and waiting. And Scott is so passionate about this stuff. So what you're going to hear is. A podcast that we are going to do in the in the same vein as Brace for Impact. So on Brace for Impact, which comes out on Fridays in the, in this feed, Mike and JD basically take the Impact review portion of their full podcast called Brace for Impact, and we put the Impact review version on the free feed. And then if you want to listen to them continue to talk and, you know, they, they do twice as long of a podcast that goes up on the Patreon, which is five bucks a month. Very cheap if you want more content. So for Scott, Scott is going to take the stardom portion of the five star Joshi show and then put that we're going to put that on this free feed. So stardom is is the the biggest of the Joshi promotions obviously and uh, Scott is very passionate about it so we're going to put that on the free feed and that's going to be our Sunday podcast now you will say well today is Saturday why is it up well uh, John LaRocca who's usually our Saturday podcast for take it home he needed an extra day to do his show so we're going to put his on Sunday instead now that means we have seven podcasts for every single day of the week 
on this free feed. And, you know, my thoughts behind the free feed, like seven podcasts is a lot. But if you subscribe to the feed and you download all the shows, if Impact Wrestling isn't up your alley, just delete that show. Uh, If WWE, if The Rap with Keela and Scott, the Steph Curry hater, Young, isn't up your alley, then just delete that you know, because we're tr- what we're trying to do with this feed is we're trying to give a variety of stuff and, you know, put a little bit of shine on, on some of these hosts who, you know, they don't have these big giant platforms, but they are just as passionate and they work just as hard as, as anyone else doing a bigger podcast. So that's what I like about it. Uh, so if you want to give Joshi a shot, here here's your opportunity. If you like what Scott is doing, subscribe to the Patreon and you'll get the full version, the much longer version of his podcast. And sometimes he'll add... Some Q&A stuff to the Patreon shows as well. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing here in case you see, well, what is this five-star Joshi show? This is what it is. All right, I'm going to send it to Scott right now, and uh, he's going to tell you about what's going on and start him on the five-star Joshi show. Everyone, welcome to the Five Star Joshi Show here on the Fight Game Media Network Plus Patreon. I am your host, as always, Scott Edwards, and with me once again is Parker. Parker, how you doing on this fine? Let's say Wednesday, Wednesday morning. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited to talk some Joshi. Even we were just talking before the show. Even on seemingly quiet weeks where there there was no world title matches uh in any promotion there wasn't really huge you know big big shows or big cards or anything like that there's a lot of people overseas in fact even on weeks like that we we ended up having a ton to talk about today so that's why i love joshi there's there's like so much going on at all times and there's always feels like there's something changing or something new happening that uh, we get to talk about and get excited for yeah yeah it's an exciting week i think overall for the joshi world because now you we're go we're going into what i think is a big rest of the month uh we had our quiet week and now it's kind of all all roads ahead which is really really what we look for as fans um obviously there was a lot of announcements this week and i think that's really where we're going to start uh so i believe the biggest announcement probably for most was the new japan stardom show announcement that will be going down on november 20th uh this was a possibility that i've been thinking about for a long while really and i think a lot of others you know kind of thought well they're under the same bushy road umbrella it would be shocking for them not to eventually do this but we now have the show announced like i said november 20th they're already teasing multiple matches but parker how excited you are you for such a show like this one? Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I'm mostly just interested in seeing, uh, t- to be honest, just because I don't exactly know how the matches are gonna are yeah. gonna go. Like how obviously we don't know the card. We have we have a decent idea of maybe maybe one or two matches, but um, because is it gonna be like? straight up mixed tag rules where you you know the women can only fight the women and if that's the case then it's like you know there's cool dynamics and stuff going on and you can probably have a good tag match but um it doesn't like 
you know, re it probably won't reach those levels of like a classic match, right? Right. right. Um, if if they're able to actually do intergender stuff, I think it could mm -hmm. be really cool. Um, and and obviously everybody in both companies is like a super pro, um, and so I, there wouldn't be any worries of anything happening there. So um, I, I I'm just really sort of intrigued to see what they do um, about it. I think this came about for for sort of two primary reasons. Obviously, having two wildly successful promotions, one for each, one for yeah. men, one for women under the same umbrella. It just makes sense to combine them at some point for something, mm -hmm. just to throw something at the wall and see if it works. And yeah. then um, I, I also noticed that this, this comes within the six, the last six months where uh, Stronghearts have been involved mm -hmm. in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And obviously they are sort of the driving force behind Gleet right now who yeah. have signed uh, female wrestlers and they have women's matches on every show interspersed within the, the men's matches that they have. Um, and not only that, just, just a couple days ago, they had their first ever intergender mixed tag match where they did do full intergender, yeah. anybody can find anybody rules. And I thought that match was great. Um, and so I, I think seeing that precedent being set a little bit, maybe gave them the, the confidence to do that. And obviously the hesitation in Japan is that you just don't have promotions that, that do both, both, right. right? right. It's right. just not really a thing, but you might as well give it a shot. See if it sticks, see if people are into it. Yeah, because there's no harm in in giving it a shot and maybe it doesn't work out. But if it does work out, this becomes a yearly thing. Mm -hmm. You can you can really start to put some interesting cards together and uh, make it make it a real super show type attraction. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100 percent with you. And I think with this being the first show and obviously we don't know if there will ever be another one. It depends on this success. I think you kind of have to go with those bigger matches in terms of interpromotional wise, which is kind of why we've seen Mayu Iwatani tease or kind of say, I want to team with Hiroshi Tanahashi. So that's kind of like, you know, checking off the first mark. And then uh, you've also seen Starlight Kid and El Desperado say they want a team. So there's a lot of ways to go here. I think just based off of so far what we've heard, it would be cool to have a couple mixed tags and then you can do like separate you know, New Japan mm -hmm. and then separate starter matches. I think that'd be the best way to build the card. But I do think that it is important to have that main event that has both talents in it because otherwise you're kind of, I don't know, you're, I, I think you're, you're, you're missing the mark there. If you're going to do this combination show, then really just embrace both sides of the coin. Um, it's, it's exciting in the sense that we, you know, we've never seen it. We've never seen something like this, mm -hmm. so we kind of just have to wait and see. But I'm with you. If they can – I don't even need, like – I don't need Mayu in, say, Okada or something to wrestle for, like, 20 minutes. I just need them <laughs> to be able to have interactions and not be like, oh, get out of the ring, you know? It's like that's mm -hmm. the problem with mixed tags here in the States for the most part on TV, you know, on, like, the uh, major right, promotions yeah. because they'll step in the ring and you're like, oh, get out. And then, like, the big moments of those matches is when, like, whoever the woman is slaps the guy. And you're like, come on. Like, they can wrestle. Like, this is how wrestling works. Uh, so I'm with you. Hopefully they allow it. Um, it it's, a, it's an exciting uh, show to add to what I think is an exciting 
couple months for stardom right now uh obviously this is joshi podcast i don't need to talk about new japan if you if you know new japan you know the schedule <laughs> it hasn't changed all that much uh but stardom's doing so many you know pay-per-views and so many directions to go so this is just another exciting show to look forward to and should be if i had to guess one of their last shows before their big year end pay-per-view as well so hopefully they're able to build that some way but very cool very cool uh not not many complaints obviously here but as i was saying stardom's kind of on that runaway train they're not slowing down so we had a kind of a big weekend this past weekend despite there not being a pay-per-view as the five-star qualifying league kicked off and parker i know you were able to watch the first day um because i think they just got the corking up hours maybe before we started recording this Mm -hmm. so uh Instead of, you know, asking you exactly how the matches were, which you can get into, uh, is there anyone you're really hoping comes out of the qualifying league and gets into that five-star? Well, luckily, this is she's the one I'm most confident in that she's making out of yeah. it, but, but Saeeda is, yeah. is, is my favorite stardom wrestler. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I would obviously love to see her um, in the five-star. I think she's... I'm I'm pretty darn confident that she's yeah. um she she's gonna she's gonna be she's probably out of everybody in the field the most confident I would be in um making it. Outside of that, um I don't think I don't think obviously I, I'll just sort of eliminate who I don't think is really in the contention. Children. I don't think he he and Rena, right? Mm-hmm. Um I don't even though Ruaka was in it last year, she doesn't seem to necessarily be in the plans no. this year. It's always possible. Um but she did draw with Hina on that first show. And that I don't think like, like a Hina match should be a free win if you're going to make a five-star tournament. Right. Right. (laughs) So, um, so, so I don't think she's in it. I don't think lady C is in it. She never wins. Um, Waka (laughs) Tsukiyama, like until she obviously wins a match, she's not going to be in a (laughs) five-star. So that's half the field right there. I think. um, And then Miyu Amasaki, I think is just too inexperienced. She will Mm. probably, contend in some way like she'll maybe yeah 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 yeah. she'll she'll be she'll be in in contention i think the 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 other four that i haven't mentioned are kind of vying for those three spots spots with ida of course and then although i I think she's pretty much a lock so 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 i guess three vying three vying for two would be amisore momokogo and my sakurai Mm -hmm. um out of those i would I really, and this is actually out of those who I think is least likely, but I would love to see Momo Kogo in the five-star. Yeah. I think she's the best out of those three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just think she has like really high potential yeah. um, to be someone big for this company, like really big. She's I just agree. really likable and has great fundamental like wrestling talent. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see her. Um, between Soray and Sakurai, I think Soray is like the objective better in-ring wrestler right now. Mm-hmm. But to be frank, over the last couple of months, Sakurai has she's just I feel like she's improved so much. Maybe it's just she the has. match layout or the the DDM stuff. But I, I mean, she was really bad yeah. when she signed uh, about a year ago at this point, yeah. and um, she she's. She, she had a long sequence, in fact, with Soray in that elimination match at a pay-per-view mm-hmm. about a month ago. And then she teamed with Julia and she was completely like competent in that match and in, in the in the yeah. tag title match. Um, I would I would probably, if I were booking it, I would want 
Kogo, Ida, and Sakurai, I think. Although I think because they make, they're keeping God's Eye so strong, I think it's going to yeah. be Ida, Sakurai, and Sorei. Yeah, we're in the same boat. Um, I would love Kogo to make it as well. Um, I think they, they're they starting to kind of re have her reemerge after kind of you know slowing her down out the gates. Because I think when she first came in, it was kind of like, okay, well, Momokomo kind of feels like a bigger deal than, you know, most of these train, not trainees, but these, uh, these inexperienced women coming in. Cause you know, you had Ma, you had Waka, then you had Kogo and Kogo mm-hmm. came in. She felt more important as she should have. And then they kind of slowed her down. Now we know she's getting that high speed match with Izumi uh, at Midsummer Champions. So I would love if she got in. Um, it's not looking great off the bat, but <laughs> but uh, I am I am hoping that at least she contends because really that's kind of where I'm at. I expect the same three as you ultimately said, but it would be nice to see the likes of a Kogo at least be that close to getting in, just so you know that she's not considered the lower half of this mm-hmm. roster, you know, because I think she shouldn't be and. She is one of the better ones in this term. I mean, I think Ida is probably the best by far, but it kind of goes to everyone else, and I think she's right there. Um, but let's talk real quick here results and kind of, you know, we we now have a grasp of where this is going. So in the first um, – on the first day, we had Ami Sare beat Miyu Amasaki. So not a real shock there. I think you and me can both agree. Mm-hmm. Um they're re- like you said they're really behind god's eye but at the same time uh i think they do like saray I, I i think there is um some belief that they have there in her ability to be kind of one of their hosses um to pair mm-hmm. with like the hamakas of the division and utami like yeah, almost every group is starting to get a hoss which i've noticed um mm. she's their hoss which works um you know she's not she's not great but she's also not bad you know right like i think she's like fundamentally there i just don't see like frankly a ton of like charisma or yeah i I, she's like not i I don't know i I, i've yet to be excited about um a match of hers and that's obviously you know she can get there like she's been with the company for what four months three months right um so uh, I mean, it's it's not impossible, but um, <laughs> when she was like revealed as Shuri's bodyguard, I was like, this is like the last person in world history I would have <laughs> guessed. <laughs> like the 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 one like heavy from actress girls, yeah. like it was it was so bizarre. Um, so yeah, but yeah, not surprised to see her beat uh, Amasaki. The mindset of Ami Saray is going to protect Shuri is like the funniest thing to think <laughs> so, about. It's so ridiculous. It's somebody from Actress Girls to protect the UFC fighter. <laughs> the UFC fighter who has beaten the entire roster. Yes, of course. Uh, but in the next uh, qualifier, Rina beat Waka Tsukiyama. Not really a shock here. Waka's... The only way I thought Waka was going to win in this tournament was if she was in the my Sakurai block and like maybe stole mm-hmm. a win for my, cause ultimately I do, I think we can all agree Waka beating anyone, but my is kind of like, Oh, that's the point. And I don't care. Yeah, if Waka you, you don't want to blow wins, it on, but... on like, on like beating like Rena or something like right. that. That wouldn't be that. That would be a mistake. 
it, it would be very anticlimactic. Like you, you've built it so far. Let's just keep keep going until you get that match, wherever it may be. Which I feel like you can do it at Cork, and I feel like that'd be a good spot to just have an opening match between those two. And then the final qualifier saw Hina and Rock go to a ten minute draw in what I thought was the worst of the three from the first day. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I thought the work was was completely fine. Um, yeah, I, I think both of them are the like obviously extreme. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the draw was terrible. I, I was like baffled in the final minute. It, it made Ruaka seem like a like stupid, like an yeah. idiot. She mm-hmm. she was like she hit her big move, and there's like the, the announcers like screaming that there's like there's ten seconds left, <laughs> <laughs> and so instead of that, she like. She's like, oh, okay, I'll go to the top. And, and, so, and then she doesn't get the pin in time. It was like in, ridiculously stupid when like in kayfabe, whatever she hit was probably strong enough to pin Hina right. of all right. people, right? It is it just preposterous. <laughs> so um, I didn't I didn't appreciate that booking. But that does, like I said, I think that pretty much confirms that she's yeah. not in contention because if you if you're not beating Hina in this block, then you're not you're you're not beating Ida and you're not beating Sakurai probably. So it's I think it's yeah. I think it's done for her. Yeah, it feels like a way to get Hina probably a point decides maybe one win that she gets. Um, mm-hmm. so it's fine it's fine in the end because yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. To, to exactly. Be completely honest. Yeah. But uh from the rest of that show, um we had Unagi, Izumi, and Koguma have a comedic triple threat where they all got counted out after uh, Unagi's idea was to not say any English words, and she said <laughs> the most, which was very funny. Um, if you if you don't mind comedy in a sense that these three who are you know obviously actual premier talent on this roster, uh, then you, you know it was easy to have fun because again it wasn't anything serious, and this is a nothing show in the end, so it's like mm-hmm. who cares. Uh, yeah, this really did, frankly, end up being a, a nothing show. I didn't think there were any no. matches that that even came close to like being very good or anything no, like that. I it agree. Was very much a uh, a little pit stop ahead of Cork in the following day. Yeah, which is fine because you also you got we all have to remember that you know you they have this beast coming at the end of July that is the five star. Um, mm-hmm. So if they want to take it a little easy on a show in uh, Mito. Yeah, it's okay. It's right. okay. I'll be I'll be fine, especially with the cork in the next day. Uh, but yeah, nothing show, so we don't really have to go through the rest of that card. Let's get to that the cork and hall show, which had plenty of news coming out of it, uh, which kind of sets us up for 
the fight in the top pay-per-view, but also proceed uh, had the five-star continue, which five-star qualifying league. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is not the five-star, I promise. <laughs> the, the quality has not been there in the same sense. Uh, uh, Miyu Amasaki defeated Momo Kogo. Uh, to get her first two points, she hit her flash pin that she's been doing in pretty much all of her matches. Obviously, she hasn't won. I, I th- she might have won with it once, but the Cork and Hall crowd loved every second of it. They kind of erupted a little bit when the it, it was stunning because, you know, like Parker said earlier, Momo is uh, we see her as the higher echelon of this 10 person mm-hmm. Uh, group so Amasaki obviously the rookie who has a handful of matches to her name getting the win was a big shock yeah that, I mean that's big um for her I actually haven't even like gone through the results to this so you're you're giving this to me as I <laughs> as oh, I cool. go through it that that is a big sh- and don't worry about it spoils or anything okay. I'm, I'm doing the pod obviously but <laughs> um <laughs> but no that I mean that's like that is a, a big match it's a little like surprising like yeah because Coco has that high speed match coming up yeah um <laughs> I will say about that Kogo high speed match, a lot of one thing that a lot of promotions will do is um, if they have somebody who's like on the borderline of making it into their big round robin tournament, yeah. they will have them wrestle a big singles match against somebody who is going to be in a tournament, often for a title match. Um, and it's, it's essentially a, a de facto like if you win this match, you're in the tournament because obviously, if she were to be high speed champion, she would be in the tournament. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so I mean I think that's that's part of the function there, but no, that's that's big for um, for Amasaki. I think that obviously shows how much faith they have in her, and it just goes along with everything they've done with her so far, with the Utami match in the debut, and then getting to getting to wrestle Kyrie, um, <laughs> and now and now she's you know starting books so conventionally mm-hmm. for the most part that to beat somebody who is relatively established in Moko, you know she's not like. She's yeah. not like a, you know, a Micah or someone like that. But um, I mean, that yeah, obviously that shows her, her potential. I, I want to note something. Did, did Were they able to, did you see the pre-match promos for this show? Do they have those uploaded or were you able uh, to they, see those I at all? I think they only had them for the qualifying league again, but I did get to watch this mm-hmm. one, yeah. So I was wondering, I, I only saw the qualifying league one, but one thing I've noticed for Amasaki she has like the most wooden, yes, like no emotion. Yeah, pre match promo. She feels like, she's so she's so uncomfortable. Yeah, up there. she's like this is not what she wants to do. So hopefully she no. she sorts that out because there, yeah. there, a lot of their like character and charisma comes through in the yeah. in those pre match promos. Once the bell rings, like she's got the facial expressions and and the, and yeah, the fundamentals the down. Part. So, <laughs> um, so we'll see if she sorts that out. I just wanted to note that because I I. I don't usually react that much to them. They're all yeah. kind of the same. They all kind of blend together after a while, but I was like, oh man. She's she seemed a little, little better on this one than she did the previous day. Cause I remember watching the previous day as well. And I was like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> like she, she <laughs> seems like she just saw like a ghost and she's just like, okay, can I, can I go do the thing I signed up for please? Like, I don't, I don't want to do this part, which is very <laughs> funny. Uh, I do. I do look forward to her doing them with Queens quest more. I think that'll mm-hmm. help, you know, the comfortability of having those around you. But yeah, they're strapping the rocket to her, so she's need, she's going to need to figure it out sooner rather than later, <laughs> right? Because uh, they they clearly see big things in her, um, and she's going to keep getting big matches. But uh, the next qualifier saw Ami Saray defeat Rena. 
not a big shock there. It seems yeah, like Amit seems about right. running away with uh, this. She's already at four points and three matches to go. I don't see her losing more than one of those, to be honest. Um, I think her block was very one-sided anyway, so it's not. Yeah, I mean, she, she frankly, if they just go by conventional booking, she'll go undefeated. Like, yeah. uh, maybe Kogo steals one, but that's about it. Which, honestly, if you're going to have someone go undefeated or you know, kind of show what they're worth. It's smart because in the end, you want them to prove that they can be in this mm-hmm. five-star tournament with the best of the best. So you you at least want one or two strong people to go in there. Um, I did see this next match. My Sakurai defeated Hina. This was actually maybe the best qualifier so far, which on paper is mm-hmm. like, what? What, what, what happened? <laughs> um but you know you were talking about earlier my has really improved and as much as i have you know said she's just quite bad over the past what how long has she been here now feels like forever almost Uh, a year yeah yeah uh she she has shown improvement i think joining ddm was step one in her growing because learning from julia because you could see a lot of julia influence in her offense now uh with the forearms and like big boots it, it really worked for her. She doesn't have to do too many difficult moves. Um, and it's pretty much anytime she might get lost, she just throws one of those and you're back on track. Uh, but this was really physical, uh, which was, again, kind of shocking because, I mean, let's we, we said it before, like he is, you know, she's just kind of in there and she had a point against Ruaka, which again confirmed to all of us that's probably not going to uh, be good for Ruaka, but my got the clean win here. The match maybe went six minutes. It was very short. Uh, mm-hmm. Good stuff. And then uh, about oh, well, yeah, really yeah. quickly, uh, just about my, um, I, I think this is like, I don't want to get into too much of like wrestling psychology, but I think something very simple um, about her is just like a gear change. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, I, I think yeah. <laughs> Joshi, Joshi wrestlers, obviously this is like a, long tradition thing and it's part of the appeal for some people and all that type of stuff but they wear like the really sort of frilly or you know like sparkly or whatever type gear right Uh, that doesn't feel crafted for an athletic endeavor (laughs) um it uh, to me it like actively takes away from i think their their skill as wrestlers Mm -hmm. even even in the states like like riho of all people that's like her character she has gone away from that um and so going away from uh, you know the cosmic angels gimmick and gear and moving into like okay her gear is very like it's it's pretty simple at this point right. to be to be honest um and it it just makes her come across as like a more legitimate threat inside the ring the same thing I happened agree. with starlight kid when she moved to Oedotai. like she went away from the the baby face colorful mm-hmm. um you know gear and she she's got like legitimate athletic like spandex style wrestling gear now and she i think is better than she ever was and so um i I would love it if just in general the the company went away from that i understand that that's the appeal for some people but um i'm mostly interested in good wrestling and yeah uh for whatever reason that and maybe maybe this is just from speaking for me i can't speak for others but it does make a big difference for me it does uh my feels like a more confident wrestler now if that makes sense just based and it it did flip the switch when she had a different look overall 
um, which is really cool because if, if a wrestler can be more comfortable in their skin when they go out there and wrestle, then, you know, all the more reason to let them do so. Uh, and, and maybe I'm just like, I'm like getting worked, but the, the classic <laughs> Japan thing of like the, if you're in a stable with somebody, you keep kayfabe, you only hang out with that stable, you only yeah. spend time with that stable. Um, I think the it, we can be reasonably confident that my Sakurai actually did request to to go to DDM and mm-hmm. to to join them. Yeah. Um, and even just something like that, like you spend your time around julia and micah and himeka and a little bit of shuri right at the start like like, you're just going to you're going to get better more so than if you're spending time with tam who's fantastic but the rest of the stable i mean they're (laughs) they're all relatively inexperienced too and they've they've improved as well in their own right but i don't think i would put any of them on the level of any ddm member aside from sakurai herself so um yeah, I just wanted to. I just wanted to talk that. I, I she really has improved a lot. Yeah, and I think it's it's a testament to stardom that somebody who was just really rough around the edges and didn't even frankly look like she had a lot of potential in my eyes. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I I didn't even see her improving that much. No. And so um, the fact that you know six months later <laughs> she's she's at this level, um, she should she should be proud of her her effort so far. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I'm I was with you too with the idea that when she was in Cosmic Angels, it was like, oh, there's no hope here. Just mm-hmm. let's move on. Like at one time, it felt like Waka was getting better than her, but now that we're where we are now, um, putting her in DDM, it's not shocking how much she's improved. We watched every single member in that group improve uh, drastically since mm-hmm. joining them. I mean. Micah came in and she's now one of the best. Hameka has just been night and day since that first five-star run she had to now. Um, she's just so much better. I mean, that Shuri title match tells you all you need to know about where Hameka is in her growth. And I think we can all agree that Julia has, you know, obviously turned mm-hmm. uh, flipped the switch from when she came in to where she is now. She's just, you know, such a star. Um and Natsu Poi's just great. So I don't I don't really need to back up Natsu Poi. <laughs> She's just always been very good. Uh, but the final qualifying match, Sasaya, Ida, and Ruaka go to a 10-minute draw. Mm. So, mm. yeah. I don't love that. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm sure Ida will be fine. But yeah. still, it just it just feels like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. The I, day I, before I, it being a 10 minute draw with Hina, I understand. Yeah, like, ah. that, that sort of by uh, the transitive property there doesn't quite doesn't quite square up to me. Well, but, it confirms Rock um, is out pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna draw with all. She's yeah. gonna end with four points, four draws in yeah. in her block. I can um, see Ida Russell, win the rest of the way. Truthfully, yeah, she's got well and that's the thing it's like so it's straight up going to come down to the the my sakurai match is is what it's going to be um it it'll be the winner of that too is the winner of this block like yeah like hina and lady c neither of them are going to beat either either of uh ida or right. sakurai yeah i mean specifically i think either should win her block like i don't think we should play around that idea right i think she should win her block um, not just make the tournament, but I think it is important to have her win her block. Uh, obviously, she missed last year's tournament. It would be such a shame to have her miss it again. And I don't think they will, but obviously the first result, you're like, oh, 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the injury was so disappointing. Yeah. If people forget that because she was gone for so long, but a year and a half ago, she was in that, um, that future title conversation with people like Micah and Azumi and Starlight mm-hmm. Kid and all that, you know, she was, she was in the mix right there. Um, and she had, she had like a mini feud with Julia that culminated in, in a, in a singles main event at a show. Mm. So, I mean, if you obviously started gained a ton of new fans over the last year, I think the five-star was a lot of that. And, um, since, since coming back, she did get the big, um, featured singles matches at, um, at whatever the, the big two night show was, but, um, but aside from that, I mean, she really, she's been taking falls, um, and she hasn't been been portrayed as a threat at all. So I, I really hope they get behind her. I just think she's um, she's a I think she's a great fundamental talent who will only get better. Mm-hmm. And I think she's an awesome baby face and just incredibly easy to get behind. So um, big big believer in in Ida. She's in a weird position in her faction because you have Hanan, who's the future champion and in the five star mm-hmm. already. But obviously, I think a lot of us agree Ida is still over her. But at the same time, in those tag matches they're having, Ida's more so leaned on to get pins than Hanan because of you know what she's going right. With. And then you have Kogo, who I guess she has she's probably one step below in terms of when it comes to those tag matches below Ida. But Ida's at the bottom because the rest of them are champions, right? So it's like right. it's really tough for her. But it would be, again, it would be so wrong to have her not in this tournament this year after missing last year. Because I think she she's one of those wrestlers, you know, like you and me talked about last year's tournament going into it with uh, Koguma. Like, she's one of those wrestlers that, yeah, she's not going to win, but she'll give you a solid match on the undercard of tournament uh, match-wise. You know, you put her in there with the top talent, and she's going to give a really competitive and fun match, which me and parker will agree this is what we look for in wrestling good wrestling Mm -hmm. and she often gives that so i'm just hopeful she makes it um but obviously starting off with just the draw isn't great but she has four matches uh not four three matches to go i think she'll be okay Mm -hmm. moving along here in the cork and uh there isn't there's only one result that's really worth sharing but Mm -hmm. We did have challenges here. So Julia, Micah, and my Sakurai challenge away to tie for the Artist of Stardom Championship, uh, which, as we know now, is official because in the match after that, Shuri challenged away to tie and DDM to make it a triple threat featuring God's Eye. So as we know now, Fight in the Top will be a three-way tag for the Artist of Stardom Championship. And... It's different. It's different. What Stardom is doing in their next pay-per-view is all I could say is different, right? Like they are mm-hmm. going off the map in terms of what they are usually doing. And I think that's perfectly fine when you have another pay-per-view two weeks after that is back on track of what you want out of them. So I'm intrigued by a triple threat trios match by Stardom. Um, they embrace some of the dragon gate style when they do these Mm -hmm. so i'm very confident with the wrestlers that we just named including momo watanabe shuri julia micah mirai um starlight kid 
like all those names alone, I'm pretty sure it will be a lot of fun. I just interested to see how they craft that. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the whole card on that show is, is looking to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, that is where Dragon Gate does the Dead or Alive show every year. Yes. It's the exact same place where they do the famous cage match every year. Um, so obviously that is what that, that arena is known for is is those classic cage matches with a ton of storytelling stuff going on i saw some people and i'm interested to see your your thought on on the um on the cage matches which i I know you can talk more about that anyway but um they're i believe they're doing do they confirm that they're doing uh, escape the cage rules as well yes yeah so i was wondering if you had a, had a criticism of that because I did see some people that were like annoyed at that that there is escape the cage rules and I, and I get that in some in some cases um, it is it's often used as a storytelling device in the Dragon Gate matches where yeah. they they rotate in the stables who are like the lumberjacks essentially who their responsibility is to keep people in the cage but you know right. with with effective enough like craft you know creativity you can make it you can make it out. Um, and it's where a lot of turns happen too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a ton of drama that you put in with with the cage there. And I wondered if what your thoughts on that were, because I think if they use it like Dragon Gate does, and I think they will, because obviously yeah. Stardom takes a ton of influence from Dragon Gate. I think that's a um, you know a strong rule set choice. Whereas people who are conditioned with like WWE cage match rules, <laughs> yeah, where yeah. they just use it as like why is there even a cage here? Everybody right. can come in and come out of the ring and do whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that is a uh, that is not the way to do a cage match, but the way it is set up, if they, if they take it from dragon gate, it should, I think it's, it's a good choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the road of if they are indeed embracing dragon gate, which you and me agree, you look at this roster, they're absolutely going to, they're absolutely going to borrow from (laughs) dragon gate. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It will add to the match that because obviously we have two, more so babyface stables here, right? Going head-to-head in that trio's main event inside the cage. You know, we got Mayu, Koguma, and Hazuki versus um, the QQ trio of Azumi, Saya, and Utami. So mm-hmm. I think it's very intriguing to think, what? how are they going to make this work, right? Because there were going to be ways I think when people saw that a cage match was happening that, you know, instantly people thought, Oh, wait, a tie in Queens quest or right. DDM and prominence, you know, like a lot of people went to these blood feuds and they went a different direction. So for me, I'm one not to give criticism because I don't expect a WWE cage match here. I expect a, <laughs> Well, truthfully, I expect some Dragon Gate, but I expect Stardom to put their own twist on it. Uh, you read, again, you, we go back to reading names here and thinking of a cage and what they might do. You have Mayu Yutani and Saya Kamatani just jumping off yeah i mean the they're, they're the, the the premier high flyers yeah i yeah. mean this is like you, you look at who's in the match this is like a, a perfect mix of talent and, and the story makes sense i mean it's obviously a little convoluted with yeah with koguma like her whole deal is that she runs out of the out of the ring <laughs> and she hides and she hides and or she tires her opponents out and yeah. it's like infuriating um and so you get her in a cage and it's like no i've had it <laughs> we're, we're gonna beat you inside this cage but she's she's like the most creative member of the roster in mm-hmm. terms of unique spots and stuff so she'll do cool stuff and then you you have Haz- hazuki uh, who's also 
in her there own a bit of a flyer member in this. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then you have Azumi, who's obviously extremely creative, as she's shown in her high speed tile defenses, and then yeah. Utami, who's just straight up like the perfect base for all these dives that are going to mm -hmm. happen. Like yeah. she's if 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 Stardom is actually going to going to have like big crazy dives happen, like and not have nine roster members standing on on the outside <laughs> to catch them like this is you need you need someone like yeah like utami in there to to make it happen so um i like that by the way you, you haven't mentioned i just want to make sure you knew this the the, the tam and not point match is also a cage match yeah i was, was gonna i was gonna okay, add on yeah, to yeah. that because i was about to say this was the first ever and then i had to get rid of that because it's like oh wait mm. no it's not anymore uh but yeah we can talk about that real quick i don't know if they've said escape rules for that match Gotcha. Um, so I think it would be interesting if they did change it up and have that first one be pinfall and then this one be escape. It would make no sense of why one's the other one's what. But anyways, anyways, so yes, Tam and Natsupoi will be wrestling in the semi-main event in a steel cage as well. Uh, we're not going to talk about the press conference because it was bad. Um, and I did not <laughs> enjoy really it bad. at all. They, <laughs> they love, that's the one thing with stardom that they just love to toss in there. I'm like, come on. Like, there's no need for this. No one I, wants the, that. I, I have just a few like, like, like complaints about stardom that, that if you took them away, this would be like the, the best promotion ever. And yeah, these press yeah. conferences where it's always like, some some always, sexual in the yeah. innuendo or some yeah. sort of like a moment where a woman uh, one of the competitors and i know they're all privy to it like like they're they're yeah. not just being told to do this and then right and then just being like solemnly having to it's do always it tam, but, I feel. um so some sort of exploitation of there that's like yeah it's just i don't know it, it's bad. i don't need that to it's bad yeah well yeah <laughs> and it's not it's it's like they get in the ring and they're these fantastically talented women yeah. who are at the top of their game of what they do and one would think that that is enough to sell right. a match right yeah. like Natsupoi versus Tam in a cage based on their match a year ago um it, it should be fantastic like right. and they both have the actress girls connection um they have history there, there's, there's a ton there yeah i i'm, I'm already sold you got me yeah. <laughs> i don't know who i don't know who's watching the press conference where not supposed shoving food yeah. down down tam's throat and they're like eating it off of each other's face like right i don't know who is seeing that and is like oh okay now i'm gonna watch this match. yeah it's just yeah. baffling to me but it's it's yeah. embarrassing obviously um because you know you tell people watch stardom and you see something like this and you're like i i can't explain that i'm not gonna right. idea i have no idea how to explain that uh the whole thing for me is that i know what these two can do i don't mm -hmm. need any soul you could have said all right they have a match and moved on you didn't even have to have a press conference for me to be ready for such a match and i expect them to deliver um, and the thing with Stardom is they're doing these types of things with everyone on the roster. They've done it with sure. Yeah, it's just every show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, and then like every Micah storyline is like that she's oh, like in love with one. the person that she's with. And it's one. like, I, I don't understand because like you could show some actual creativity mm -hmm. and have maybe, maybe like, I don't know, string together a lot of Natsupoi wins over right. cosmic angels wrestlers or yeah. something like that, which and they do sometimes like, do like actual, it's just, it's yeah, wild. but, but it's, I don't know these press conferences. I, I like, 
they they get hyped up and then i just see the highlights the next day and there's always one like frankly always. just embarrassing thing a part of it and it's yeah i don't know it's, it's not what I, it's not what i what i look for in wrestling but no. with that being said um the the match should be great i'm i i would love for them to show some creativity here and give natsupoy a win in this match um well, i don't see it as that being brings likely. us to the next step parker mm -hmm. so they announced today the cork and hall show uh, at the end of the month, which is two days after this one. And the main event of that will be the second of a series between Tam and Natsupoi. Oh, I see. So it seems like, okay, so they said two match series, but let's be honest here, you don't announce a third yeah, match. Who's ever tie. been a two match series? Right. So <laughs> I think it's good. They're going to split one way or the other. Uh, but we're getting so we're going to get a steel cage between these two, and then the next day we're going to get, or not the next day, but two days later, we will get a really interesting uh singles match between them in the Cork and Hall main event. So I think a Natsupoi wins very possible, which is always a good thing. Um, I, I talked to Alex about this earlier. We were saying how this is clearly like the this is the final run of Tam, and you're starting to really feel it, I think, now. Um, because, you know, she said after around, what was it? November of last year that she had a year or so left. And now she's kind of having these big matches with people, not that she just likes, but probably wants to, I think maybe get over in the end. And that's the point kind of feels like if they want to put an, uh, an idol in a spot down the line when Tam's not there. Uh, Natsupoi does feel like a potential candidate, obviously, with her background. Um, they've also teased the uh, World, of Star uh, World of Stardom Championship match with Shuri. So I think we're on that, like, final track here for Tam, which is kind of, it's sad because Tam's had just such an amazing career, especially the past year. So I don't know uh, how you feel about that, but it does feel like we're entering that final stage of the tam run yeah i mean if tam were to leave I, i'd be very sad she yeah. she's easily one of my five probably three favorite on the roster mm -hmm. um i am a huge believer in wrestlers who i feel like regardless of skill or yeah. talent level or anything like that if i feel like you are putting a certain amount of effort and care and creativity and just like like hard work into your performances yeah. that I'm just a huge fan. I think Sayakamitani is another example of that in the roster. Um, I, I just think of like, like you look at a lot of my favorite wrestlers, like a lot of the ice ribbon wrestlers, um, people in other promotions, like, uh, like Will Ospreay. And I think Keno and Noah, I think Sheamus in WWE, like it's such an eclectic mix, but I think the one thing that um, CM Punk, I think the yeah. one, one thing that, ties all of these people together is you never doubt effort level for like mm -hmm. any of these people they always regardless of the stage like try really really yeah. really hard and tam is a, like one of the top examples of that that i that i can ever see so if she were if she were to leave like you would need to have me on to do her yes, <laughs> our, our little retrospective, on her, retrospective on her career um but until until that happens uh i'm gonna i'm gonna treat we her as is right. on the roster and if mm -hmm. that's the case she needs to put over this natsupoy because yeah. um uh, the, the one thing about starting super conventional booking is that 
um, at least over the last year and a half or so, once, obviously they've signed a, a ton of new people too, but once you're on the roster, you are pretty much in that position um, outside of a few rare cases, and you're like shoehorned into where you are, you're pretty much in that spot outside of a few mm-hmm. cases where somebody has been elevated, like in Unagi Sayaka right. or someone like that. Um, so um, Natsupoi is, I think, pretty much in the exact same spot she was when she signed, mm-hmm. um, which is not a bad spot by any means. Like she rarely takes falls and she's usually in some sort of championship contention, whether that's a tag or a high speed or something like that. But um she's it's time for somebody on this level to be elevated to real top level i guess saya kamatani is an example of somebody who was elevated to that level too Um, but it's it's time to be fair (laughs) that's true that's true so it's time for it's time for more um and i'm ready i'm ready for them to actually that's that's why i love the five star we actually get wrestlers beating wrestlers that they wouldn't beat in probably any other circumstance yeah uh, yeah with Natsupoi, she has all of the talent. I mean, if you're looking for a wrestler who can, you know, do the telling the story side, but also just have great matches, she has that. And yeah, it's it's obviously kind of emotional to think about, but this is very unique how they're doing this. They're doing back-to-back shows of these two wrestlers wrestling mm-hmm. each other. They don't do that. So my guess is that they'll do these two. And then they'll probably add their third match to that Midsummer Champions show. Yeah, which, that sounds about right. Which would be a pretty good spot for them, unless they want to hold it for a big main event or something. Then they could always hold it for whatever their next Corican is, since I think they mm-hmm. run to a month now. You could also uh, make that like a five star main event, and they could right. easily. which is perfectly fine i think uh, no one would complain about that but i do hope that in the end if that's what they're trying to do that natsupoi does go over um but to play off of that tam nakano potentially leaving situation uh in the future not now um in the main event the loser must join winning unit match the cosmic angels not so (laughs) shockingly defeated colors the team of saki hikaru shimizu and yuko sakurai um i believe Rina amakura was on a hokuto pro wrestling show so she couldn't be here yes that she is- was down in hokkaido yes uh so that's what happened um but after the match colors officially joined forces with cosmic angels so anytime the colors is a part of a show from now on they're part of the angels or they're teaming with the angels. Uh, we kind of got our answers as again, a part of that next cork and hall show. It was announced that, uh, that with Tommy Hayashishida, Saya Kamatani, Izumi and lady C will face the team of Mina Shirakawa, Unagi Sayaka, Hikaru Shimizu and Saki. So overall, Cosmic Angels gets some help, uh, much needed mm-hmm. help in terms of yeah, talent much wise. needed for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think having Saki, Shimizu, Rina Makora, and Yuka Sakurai to really bolster the Cosmic Angels, even if it's just for Cork and Halls and pay per views, is such a big win overall. <laughs> like that, I love, I am a big fan. I, I'm a big fan of Shimizu. Um, Amikora is great. Um, I think she's actually going to go by the same name that she goes by in Ice Ribbon. Um, 
mm-hmm. in stardom. I saw today. I think Mina Shirakawa called her by Amin. So that's interesting. But I think Saki fits a role as well. Um, it's a win-win, I think. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, this is like stardom's just <laughs> like a juggernaut at this point <laughs> with how much talent they're bringing in. Yeah. It's interesting that they haven't been able to, I assume they want to, but they haven't been able to sign either colors or yeah. prominence. Um, I do think that's interesting to think about. Um, Frank, it's tough because I do love seeing colors on all the all the indie shows and all I that agree. type of stuff. But But I was thinking like, if I would, I rather see. I'm. Try, I was thinking of like big time freelancers in, yes. um, in in men's wrestling, mm-hmm. um, in Japan. People like Yuji Hino and yeah. Masato Tanaka and all those people. And I'm like, yeah, it's so much better when they're a regular member of a high profile promotion. Like it's so much better when Hino is in DDT or when Tanaka is in Noah mm-hmm. and it's the same thing here like if if stardom's able to sign these people I, I think I'm going to be very happy with it yeah um I, I don't think people understand how how talented colors are mm-hmm. um and I hope this match was a good showcase for them I obviously haven't seen it yet yeah I mean, but obviously a Corican main event for a stardom show I mean that's a that's a big standard so I assume they got plenty of time um Saki is very charismatic. Um, she very much gets gets over with every crowd she's on. Um, like Shimizu is just an extremely yeah. She fits perfectly. I mean, she even like looks like a, a cosmic angel yeah. member with like her gear and everything and, and her hair. Um, Shimizu is an extremely talented striker. Like you said, she's just she's probably the best like pure in ring wrestler of the mm-hmm. group. Um, Yuko Sakurai and Rinami Kura are both really inexperienced, yeah. but they they both have a like charisma to them and amikura in particular or um um it's the way it's pronounced is so annoying it's like uh, i mean you have to say it long because that's her big move <laughs> she does is she she like screams like ah and then she does a splash on somebody because she's big she's um, really good in, uh, so i'm just what's I, that i want she's really good in ice ribbon rena amikura yeah, yeah. Oh, she's super tight. She gets she she's like one of the five most over people at the dojo when she when she does shows there. Um, so I mean, the colors are a great group, um, yeah. and they, I mean, they, they they would slot right in. Like seriously, Saki and Shimizu would immediately slot right in into a five star lineup and yep. be completely fine contenders, right? Um, so this this is a win win for both promotions. I just think. Um, if they can make it happen, stardom should, should do their best to sign, to sign this group and to sign prominence if they can, because um, it feels like they're just trying as much to. green. <laughs> it definitely does. <laughs> it, uh, it's very much like the strong, like strong hearts in new Japan right now. Like what's, yeah. what's really going, what's going on there. Who's got the power there. Who's booking what all that type of stuff. There's a lot of intrigue there, but um, I love the idea that that colors is going to be on practically every um, stardom Korokin show stardom tokyo show for that matter most likely going forward i think that's great yeah i'm sure they'll be in the eddie on shows too uh down the line i think that would be a good spot for them to go they don't have to be on every show but oh man this is something that cosmic angels desperately needed because watching their tag matches over the past couple months once my left especially even though i'm not saying my add mm-hmm. a lot to them but you knew once waka was in the matches you're like oh 
this is this is great. I wonder what's going to happen, and they lose, and they she, lose. Wa- frankly, Waka, she just she just dominates every match she's in in terms of the the storytelling and the yeah. match structure because um, you know she's going to lose, but they're also obviously for good reason trying right. to tell that story of her getting her first win. But People it means that her. she's always the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it makes sense, but it's also like very predictable and formulaic at a certain point and so i'm way more enthralled at the idea of two cosmic angels matches on the show maybe one match is like if it doesn't seem like they're going to mix them up too much but i I would love to see like tam saki and rinami kora as a team Mm -hmm. or something like that like that's so much more (laughs) appealing to me than every single cosmic angels eight man tag that has waka (laughs) waka battling with the lowest member of the opposing stable for the finishing uh, sequence every single time never fails uh but (laughs) that's really it for this past weekend stardom the only one the one other thing i wanted to add before we move on is that also on that cork and hall show which is on the 28th we will see hanan defend the future of stardom championship against tomoka inaba so there is mm-hmm. that match. A very big Corkin, all things considered. Uh, I think that's one of I think that might be their strongest Corkin yet uh this year. You got you got Tam and Natsupoy. Yeah. Uh you got the Cosmic Angels and Colors teaming for the first time. You have a Captain Fall tag match randomly. Um, you have Porsche Waka facing Starlight <laughs> Kid. <laughs> you have three qualifiers, and then you have the Hanan and Inaba title match. So should be a lot of fun. Yeah, Inaba sure seems like one of seems like uh, one of those people that's like stardom bound. Without oh, yeah. She, she, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that JTO, um, the, Taka Taka cranks out talent, and he's like, go ahead and sign wherever because I'm there. He's probably not paying you very much, so do what you got to do. Um, yeah. So it's, that seems to be yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's super she's talented. Just... That'll wrap us up here on the five star Joshi show. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me at Scott E Wrestling on Twitter to see where all my content is. Obviously, I do this show, but I do a lot more. And I want to thank Parker for coming on. It was such a great show. And if you want to hear all of our thoughts on TJPW, on Ice Ribbon, on the Cyber Fight Festival that, well, happened today, you can listen to the Patreon version, uh, which is on Fight game media network plus that goes up early every week while this stardom version will come out for now on every single sunday it'll be really cool and i hope you check that out as well as this every single week so thanks for listening and i'll talk to you guys next time see ya what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life, and the Chime Checking Account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime Checking Account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members. 
no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.